What's up, loser? Um, I was going to think of a, a scammer call, but I, I just didn't have the brain power off rip like that. That's fine. That's um, fine. You've been busy. I get it. There's a lot of scene reporting going on in in New York City. I've seen, not to say seen twice. Sorry about that. And also, if you're tuning in to listen to today's interview with Megan Nolan, and you don't want to hear two uh, straight white guys talk, you know, fast forward about ten fifteen minutes. No, fuck you. No, you don't get Megan without getting us, baby. That's the whole point. That's what podcasting is all about. Suffering through the beginning. Yeah, I'm hearing some feedback from these dorks saying they don't want to sit through us talking to get to the guest. Well, you know, have you ever listened to a podcast? Uh, yeah, I ask you one question. Have you ever listened to a podcast? I mean, suffering suffering through the host is part of podcasting if there's a guest involved in the program. Yeah, and then some people even like the host talking at the beginning. That's twi- that's twisted, but I mean, I'm sure somebody does. We have I mean, we have some of those people, but I, I was just listening to the Mark Marin podcast with with Hunter Biden and his his intros are also pretty tough. Uh, I mean, I learned about bad intros from Mark Maron. But it's unfortunate because as time has progressed for him, he's been doing these hidden advertisements, these gotcha moment ads where, I mean, I, I hope we never get to that level. People people will like screen record some of them because they're, some of them are like particularly shameless. I, I think he did one thing about like... It was like a life insurance ad or something like that, like talking about like tragedies or people's deaths or something like oh, that. Oh God! Oh God! Like the way that he tries to spin spin them sometimes is just like like man, like you you're you're a millionaire, like you don't have to do you don't this. have to do this. You don't have to do this. I mean, I feel like Marin uh, is showing up and doing his job. I don't think he's really thinking too much, and um, mm-hmm. I mean, but he gets handed a gym. I mean, I am I am deeply jealous of the Hunter Biden. Yeah, no shit. Guest. Spot though, <laughs> what was it? Was it was it cool? Is that when he said he thinks he'd smoked Parmesan cheese with crack? Yeah, thinking it was crack. Yeah, but also you know what crack addict? Who hasn't done? I mean, hasn't had a Parmesan bro, battle. If you haven't dropped cocaine in a couch and just snorted it from the couch, then you haven't lived. <laughs> I, I've been there. Okay, like let's let's be real. I don't want to. I don't want to go the Hunter Biden route, but I've definitely snorted cocaine off carpet. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The uh, getting a nose full of a Wayfair couch is a rite of passage <laughs> in certain circles, isn't it, Chris? It, yeah, and I, yeah, Jason, of course. In the South, we do things a little differently. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I haven't finished the entire interview, but, I mean, you know, as bad as Hunter Biden's r- reputation has been sullied over the last number of months, you know, he does seem like a, you know, a guy that I wouldn't mind getting a beer with, not to make light of his addiction problems, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, not to, sounds not to. like kind of a fun cat. Not to, <laughs> sounds like a fun, <laughs> fun guy to get a beer with. Um, <laughs> or, I think, or, a, or a strong cup of mud as well, that's fine. Of course, of course. I think Hunter is actually, I think that this, this his, you know, scandal, quote unquote, is is made, endeared him to a lot of people. I mean, I think it, of course, like, yeah. gives the, gives the, you know, Republicans some ammo, but I think among our demographic, he's considered a, a legend already. You know, I mean, he also he also let's not forget he had sexual intercourse with his dead brother's wife, which is some wild boy shit. Yeah, I mean, that that is one that I'm sure a lot of people are trying to forget. But, you know, addiction makes us do some despicable things, doesn't it, Chris? I would. I don't know what you're talking about. Your, I mean, your addiction to gains has turned you into a monster. What's a goon to a goblin type of scenario? Exactly. What is a goon to a goblin? I actually, speaking of gains, Jason, I did work with a new trainer here in New York, um, which okay. was an exciting, exciting time for me. Hunter, if you're listening, avert your gears. 
Uh, no, Hunter. Hunter knows all about him. I, I told Hunter about my New York side piece, um, <laughs> and he was fine with it. Um, but yeah, I, I did work out, and, and I'm go fe- ahead, go hang out with one of those dog pound girls you always talk about. <laughs> uh, but I am feeling sore in some new areas, so I think it was a, it was a good exper- It was a good experiment. But there's nothing better than waking up on a beautiful sunny. New York afternoon, strolling to Union Square, hitting a private gym full of beautiful people getting fucking pumped, um, doing some sled pulls, doing some kettlebell work, doing some... Jason, I don't know if you've ever done this. You probably can't physically. It's mm-hmm. just you have a lot of body. But I was I was basically Thanks. doing a plank uh, yep. with I'm my feet. I'm already out, my f- but go ahead. My feet, my feet are on sliders, and I'm just moving my arms for an ab workout, uh, you know, half of the length of the floor. I don't know if you can picture wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. Your feet are on sliders, but you're moving your arms, or do you mean you're moving? You're, you're in the plank position and you're moving your feet around? No, no. I'm, I'm in the plank position. My legs do not move. I'm, I'm pulling myself across the floor with my arms only. Oh, got it, got it. Is there a name, is there a name for this medieval punishment? I need to ask Mike Bell what the, what the punishment is called, but it was tough. And, and Mike Bell comes recommended. So it has a name. Great. My, my Mike Bell Mike Bell comes recommended for my old shooter Nick Wooster, one of my favorite fitness enthusiasts. So it's been good to tap. Shout out to Wooster. Wooster's been training before me, so I get to tap in with him and have a nice little chat. He's going to Miami for the weekend. Enjoy yourself, King. Oh wow. Um, but yeah, New York is absolutely on fire. Um, and but you know I'm ready to come. I'm ready to come back, Jason. Really? I need to. I need to tap. I, I miss TJ. I need to tap in with TJ. Yeah, baby. Yeah, TJ's living it up over here. I need literally every day of the week on my calendar is a new is a new activation. And I I'm I'm finding myself yeah <laughs> uh, a little spun out. I'm I'm suffering from social vertigo where I'm I'm having to whereas before during the peak core. I had to like stop and sit down and take a moment or two, you know, make make time to schedule social activities so I'm not just like a hermit, you know, doing my same yes, my yes, same silly yes, activities yes. every day. And now it is the full reverse. I mean, I, I don't want it to come off like bragging like I have too many things to do and too many friends to hang out with, but I I'm having to be like, all right, we I can't go out to dinner and like have my cheeky little martinis literally six days a week like that's just not especially while i'm on the on the disabled list yeah yeah i mean that's not going to help your waistline which is my main concern of course my waistline is fucked up right now it really um i, I can I'm, I'm bursting at the seams no, no no it's not that bad i'll reschedule the photo shoots we, we have we have some old pics to pull from maybe yeah i like to have fresh content i like to have fresh content but I, I obviously we have something to work around well luckily I can hit Yayo and see what he can do. As long as we have fresh um, updates on the Facetune app, I'll be okay with that. Mm, I suppose you'll be able to do that. So your your social calendar. So your social calendar is just too packed. Can you even? Can you fit me in? Like, is there is there going to be time for you to cook for me? I mean, is it just you, or do you have any other? <laughs> is other? What else you got? That's kind of what I'm asking. I, I so you're saying that at this point your your co-host and best friend is gonna have to stack the deck to get some personal time with you because your schedule is full of influencers and other VIPs. No, I'm not saying that, but more so like, what's your June looking like? Is kind of where we're at. Okay, well, yeah, we we can if you wanna if you wanna that that's like that's like me calling you one day and you <laughs> forwarding me to your assistant or something. Uh-huh. You know, I'm, Sheila, but Sheila, can we make time for Chris? He's an old friend. Thanks. 
there's too much eating going on, Jason. I think that's the issue. I'm worried about the drinking, but I'm also worried about the. No, no, no. I, I agree. But unfortunately for me right now, the only, you know, social activity going on is, is visiting restaurant, you know? I don't have any desire to go to a bar and just like sit there and and get drunk, you know. I don't know why. You're not going to hit the small you're not going to hit the smog cutter for some PBRs. <laughs> I, th- I think the smog cutter closed. I do. I know. I know. I did. Thank I did. God. I was just trying to think of the dirtiest LA dive bar yeah. that I've ever been in <laughs> and think of you in there like daylight peeking through those 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 famous TJ dark circles just really glowing. I mean, we could have could have said cha cha or something like that, but yeah, like I I think especially during during quarantine, where the backyard hang at your friend's house, where everything it's it's like a it's a peaceful controlled environment. Yeah, there's the natural wine is always flowing. The Persian cucumbers are always there to be nibbled upon. Uh, you know, you don't have to wait in line for a bathroom you know everything that you want is at your disposal you've created this thing and i i have a little bit of separation anxiety from those those pleasantries that i've grown accustomed to i understand jason especially i mean obviously you're not as hydrated as me but the way i've been going through this water i i'm always in need of a bathroom and and walking around lower manhattan there's not many available under normal circumstances but during the covid19 pandemic it's it's impossible. This sounds like the real reason why you need to come back to LA. It's true. I need access to a a, a, a restroom at all times for my hydration. They, they nobody talks about the dark side of Gallon Boys. All of your potty problems. No, the Gallon Boys Reddit is unfortunately positive. Mostly <laughs> people are are a little you know they're feeling a little sheepish about sharing their stories. But I'm hopefully going to be able to pull that out of some of the of the members. It's of the time hive. to normalize squirting off in public. I agree. And I'm just the cat to do it. I, I agree. I'm, I'm that that is, and you know, I, I today, Jason, I was able to visit Abrasso for the the greatest coffee in New York City. Mm. So I'm feeling that's the nice thing about podcasting in New York is that I feel this. I, I'm because of the time difference. This is my afternoon coffee time. Oh, okay. so I'm a little bit. I'm a, I'm a little bit more uh, gone off the bean than than normal. You're a little seasoned. You've been up a little bit longer, a little but you seasoned. haven't. I, yeah, you have not crashed though. You don't really crash, do you? I do crash. I'm a I'm a I'm a napper, but it's more of a ten minute lie down, usually caused by an intense workout that I just need a second. Have a quick cheeky little wank, pull up a YouTube cooking video. Ten minutes later, you're mm. up and you had them ready to go. You know what? I, you know what I can say safely, which is going to be funny to you. I don't think I've ever watched a YouTube cooking video, even for just pure entertainment. That doesn't really come as a surprise to me, honestly, because if it's not entertaining, it's informative and. You're not entertained by that, and you definitely have never been like, all right, like I got a big dinner party coming up. I need to figure out how to make this beef Wellington the right way. Like that's that's never been something that's come across your desk. No, 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 it has not. No, and I, I, uh, the YouTube is just so good for many other things. You know what I mean? Um, have you ever? Is- what do you remember ever cooking a thing and like making a sandwich doesn't count? But like, do you remember the last time you you cooked a thing? I would say five five years ago, I, I did get pretty <laughs> good at a, at a soft scramble. Okay, okay, that's that's not easy. I would a Balthazar baguette toasted with a soft scramble. I would put a little chive on top mm-hmm. to really finish it. Just because that's simple doesn't mean it's easy, right, Chris? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, and I hope to I hope to never do that again. Um, as long as I live, so I, I hope I got it out of my system. Okay. Um, and I can continue to patronize local businesses and support restaurants. Um, and oh yeah, that's what it's all about, baby. Yeah, you already know. Uh, you already know. And um, when do you leave? 
tonight, right after this fucking podcast. Damn, hopping on that ready. On that note, we should introduce our guest. Wow, it's our. I can't believe that. It's already. Isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy, bro? Uh, our guest today is uh, an Irish writer who lives in London. Megan Nolan is her name. Uh, her debut novel, Acts of Desperation, is in stores now. I read it last week, and it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And she seems like a, just a fun gal, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> she does seem like a fun gal. <laughs> even though even though the themes of the book are pretty dark, you know, we're talking about loneliness, we're talking about sadness, we're talking about relationships gone wrong. Hey, hey. Uh, in my small interactions with her and following her on social media, she seems uh, upbeat. So let's, um, we're crossing the pond, which you know I love when we do that, TJ. Jason is here. Uh, Megan is here. Um, what's going on, guys? How are we? I'm feeling good. I've got a vodka soda lime on the go, so that's exciting. <laughs> vodka soda lime on the go. That's good because in America you would maybe say a vodka soda with lime, and you, nah. you take the with out. And I want to start doing that, but I don't know if I can pull it off just yet. <laughs> yeah, it's very efficient. What time is it over there? It's eight p.m. here. Okay, and you're in Ireland. No, I am from Ireland, but I live in London. Okay, got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. Much like me in Atlanta, she had to graduate, you know, move to the big city. Exactly. Well, I moved to Dublin after school. So that was my first big city transition. I had lived in a very small town before that called Waterford. And then I did it again, age 25. Called, wait, what was that, what was that city called? It's called Washed? <laughs> Washed it's called, Ridge? It's called, it's called Waterford, but because I, I speak quite badly, it sounds like Washford when I say it. So that's a combination washing machine and refrigerator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're on the cut. You're on the cutting edge of kitchen technology. I like that. I didn't realize we were getting that kind of information. Well, you, you today. guys know Waterford Crystal, right? We do. Yes. Is that from your? Mu- that's where it comes from. <laughs> <laughs> Damn shit! What a point of pride. I'm I'm happy that you, you that you have a pillar for us to kind of to kind of point to. How far is that from uh, from Dublin? I mean, bear, you have to bear in mind that Ireland is so so tiny, so it's only like maybe maybe yes. two and a half hours away from Dublin, which felt like a lot to me when I was a kid, but obviously it's not really. What's the vibe? I mean, what? So I I read the book last week. I love the book. Um and. You know, I want to ask you a question, though, quickly, because I, I find this happens to me a lot. When I read a book that I like, I kind of get choked up reading the acknowledgments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I literally was on the plane because I was coming back from San Francisco and I was finishing it. I'm like, I'm getting misty at the <laughs> – this isn't even the good part. This is the acknowledgments. Why, well, Chris, what's wrong with you? But I, that happens to me like – pretty often yeah I, is that is that strange or is that something that you felt before i too? definitely I, I often go straight to the acknowledgements see what the vibe of the author is you know um huh. and i i actually i wrote mine before i'd finished writing the book as a sort of impetus like a bit a bit of a treat for myself you know to keep on working on it i love giving myself a treat when jason does that it's usually like a, a donut or a cookie mm-hmm. This guy loves an acknowledgement. Well, <laughs> was there something specific about the acknowledgements in Megan's book that got you that you got you a little misty? Honestly, no. It's just like I just I just know how hard it is to do it and I to write a book, and I just think that they feel very real to me. It feels like a very authentic like thank you you know it's not it's not yeah. like a flippant like oh yeah thanks for your help it's like no no you dealt with me for like four years while i talked to you about this or you were my reader or whatever it was it just feels it feels like a very it feels like those relationships are very real it's not like just want to thank my parents you know it's a little deeper than no that. fuck those guys it, just the real <laughs> the real crew uh, it did make me laugh that um that i managed to get like serious publishers to print the word taddy heads which is the name of my group chat <laughs> 
because <laughs> because uh, Taddy is a kind of logger in a particular pub chain in England. So at some point we started like semi ironically calling ourselves the Taddy Heads, and then that's our group chat name, and that got in the book, which made me really happy. <laughs> I like I like I like that I like some visibility for the group yeah. chat. What? How many people are in the group chat? Oh, this is quite an, a, a rich theme actually. So there's a, the OG group <laughs> chat, which was me, my friends Charles, Francisco, Stan, and Josh Baines, and then. Four of them got girlfriends, mm. and then I started to be friends with the girlfriends too. So I've got my spin-off group chat with all the girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I've got my OG with the Taddy heads, and then I've got a, again. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got an overarching one with everyone in it. But I'm the only person of all of that that crosses over with, with each with each group. I see everything, and I'm the only one who sees everything. So you're the like you're the admin for the board, as it were. You're the mod. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You're the mod. That that's too much visibility <laughs> for me. I wouldn't want I don't think I want to do that. That puts you in a precarious situation. Precarious situation. Does the Lasses only group chat have an equally great name as Tatty Heads? <laughs> it's called Pink IPA for girls, you know. <laughs> God damn. I'm glad I asked. Because that is that's a detail that at- should not have been remitted. <laughs> I didn't know you were such a beer person. You're really revealing yourself as a, as a hop head. I mean, I can drink maybe maybe two pints of beer and then I have to stop uh, because it fills me up too much. My tummy can't take it, but mm. I like the idea of beer more than I like to drink it, really. I, do <laughs> I don't think I even like the idea. I never, during my days, I had a rare beer. I always felt it was just a, a slow path to the result I was trying to That's get. That's how I feel. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like a waste of calories and it doesn't really get you there very quickly. Yeah. Well, you you say like a slow path is a bad thing, Chris. Some folks like us like a nice slow path. Ease into it. Jason, I understand. That's why I can't do it anymore and you can. I obviously don't have the ease into it gene. You know what I mean? That's not really my that's not really my thing. Interesting. Um, I see. I it is cool that you got the group chat, that recognition. I'm sure they were all very excited when they checked the They were very happy, yeah. Yeah, and I also feel like the editor, I mean, they have to let that in. They don't even know what it is, you know? It's not like they're, you know, they can't. They can. In like a hundred years when we're all dead, someone's going to be reading your book and be like, what's a group chat? Where do you uh, Where do you live in London? I live in Camberwell, which is southeast. It's not a very hypey place. It's like a nice, sleepy cute neighborhood but it's not like exciting here really but I, I love it why can't so why does everybody in london do you have roommates no i live alone now thank god oh my god you're the first person i've ever met that lives alone in london that, that isn't like a a, fa- a person with a family yeah i, I mean i could only if i was actually gonna move, move away from london literally two months before i got the book deal i was planning to leave because i couldn't stand to live with roommates anymore and I wanted to, I, I swear, because I couldn't afford to live alone in London, I was going to move to like this little sleepy seaside town. Uh, but then I got the book deal so I could afford to live on my own for a bit. Maybe not like that long, but like a couple of years anyway. What else did you buy with the, come on, let's talk advance. Maybe sure. you get a Bugatti, a Lambo truck. Like what did we get? A new chain? Um, what did I do? <laughs> it was quite near to Christmas time by the time that I got some of it. So I had a really luxe Christmas in Dublin where I had the experience that I never got before where you like, come home as an immigrant and you're like i made it everyone don't worry about dinner i'm gonna buy dinner for 50 people tonight so all the all the, vil- the village people came running out and you gave they all gather, the children they gathered around you that's cool i handed out the real good that's chocolate really cool. but they don't get over there all that good stuff yeah that's nice that's a good timing but i think people don't i feel like people don't understand how book deals work you get paid like three times mm-hmm. once 
once when you get it, once when you turn it in, and then once when it comes out. Is that how it works? That's how it works, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the first period was, like, quite a lot of money, but I put aside I, – I paid for, like, some of my rent for the year in advance. So, after that, there wasn't a crazy amount left, but enough for me to have a, a big Christmas. You seem responsible to me. Is that is that fair Do to I? say? Yeah. No. No, I don't think it's at all fair to say because I think – I don't think so. If, I- Thank you. Thank you. I, th- I think she was like, I'm going to, I'm going to pay my rent for the year right now because I don't trust myself. Exactly. Because I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to find the bottom of that advance in the bottom in the, in the bottom of a bottle of Bushmills or something like that, you know? Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's absolutely it. I thought to myself, if I've got rent paid for a year, I can be a total mess and that's still fine then, you know? That's a, I mean, that's a good point. That, that is actually a good way to look at it. Did you... Did you, were you working on other stuff when you were writing the book or did you just like say, I'm going to write the book? Oh, no. Gonna, I can't do other no, stuff. No, I didn't get any, I, I, did, I only got the advance once I had completed the book already. So I wrote it in my spare time. Obviously I was working full time as well. So it was just when I could find weekends and shit. Uh, I mean, I didn't have like a real job. I was doing journalism. So it wasn't as though I was, <laughs> you know, to- toiling. It was just normal, normal media toiling. <laughs> Yes, yeah. We I'm very familiar with media toiling. Yeah. It is low stress <laughs> compared to real toiling. Yeah. That's a very that's a very different that's a very different thing. That's a very different thing. But I mean the is the are, are a lot of your friends in the biz or are you kicking it with with all types? I don't know that many writers, but I would say a decent proportion of them like work in the media in some way or another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like hang I don't like hanging out with people that do, you know, I don't want, you know, I don't want to be competitive. Like Jason and I, we get a little competitive, but it's it's very clear who comes out on top on this show. Yeah. Um. But I'll let you decide. I'm excited finish. to make a verdict you know, at the end. Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 No pressure now. It's it's early. You know, we have a lot of show left to go. Um. I haven't got any novelist friends, so that maybe that's not a coincidence. Maybe I would be unable to handle a novelist in my friend group. Maybe I would just hate them. And that makes two of us, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wrote a book, but I don't know if you could call it a novel. Yeah, it's it's not a novel, and it it is not something. I mean, I'm happy I did it, but it's not a real book, you know, quote unquote. Um, but thank you to our friends at Urban Outfitters for buying quite a lot of copies. I really appreciate you guys. Um, actually, you know what? Funny enough, while I was in New- back in New York, I did get a forty three dollar royalty check from that book. So, whoa, <laughs> Jason, va- vodka soda lime on me next time we get together, buddy. <laughs> It's my turn. It's my turn to return to the village with my wealth and and just hand it out. What were you um doing in New York, Chris? Were you doing something fun or just hanging out? Uh, I was working and then I ended up staying. But it's beautiful. It's like the perfect weekend. Like sixty five degrees, sunny. Everybody's out, and it it was it was the energy re energizing that I needed. Nice. To be honest, um, it was, it was really nice. Megan, you spent any time stateside over here in the U.S. of A? Uh, yeah, I was actually in in. New York itself when COVID began and I had to fly home in a big hurry then I was meant to be there for three months and I was there I think maybe a month before it started really seriously what were you just you were just gonna hang out and work uh yeah I was sort of thinking about maybe moving over for a longer time period like maybe for a year or two so I wanted to do a little bit of groundwork and see some neighborhoods and hang out a little bit and then also just uh just have some fun I've been working on the book for a long time Mm -hmm. I had recently become single I heard that it was fun date in new york uh so i did that <laughs> wow yeah somebody told me it was fun to date in new york i got on a plane i, I packed I, my bags I mean, much, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah i've never i've never dated in new york but my girlfriend likes to tell me all the time about how <laughs> when she moved to new york it was just legs akimbo for months on end. <laughs> 
mean, yeah. So some, someone told Fish me, in a barrel, as they said. Someone told me when I said to them, a friend of mine, Lara, that lives in New York, I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's pretty fun to date here. And and she said, well, yeah, because you don't want a boyfriend. So I think it's only fun if you are not after a relationship, which I wasn't. So that was why it was okay. What did, uh, where did you stay? What neighborhoods did you like and not like? Well, I'd love to hear a, a, I, I, a review. I saw very little. I, I only ended up being in, I was staying with my friend Maeve in Windsor Terrace for, for about three weeks. Okay, go all right, go off, Megan. I see you. I really liked it there, I have to say. It was really cute. I bet you did. I bet you did. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the very fun like Irish uh firefighters bar where they really liked me, so that was a lot of fun. <laughs> no one pre- not on purpose. Not on purpose. It sounds like uh, on Sex in the City where they go to the Long <laughs> yeah. Island fireman <laughs> yes. calendar thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that, except for they all seemed really depressed. But it was it was fun anyway. So you flew you flew to New York to date and then went to an Irish bar. <laughs> I mean, that is it. That is just Irish fireman bar. No, and that wasn't my choice. I was actually on a date with a guy who who was from New York, and he suggested we go to see a, a film in a in a Nighthawk near Prospect Park, where where, where yeah, I was. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And that was the bar that was quite that was near to it, so we ended up there. Um, so it wasn't. My so what did you what did choice. what did you think about these New York chaps? What was the um, overall? Re- I, I had I honestly had a great time. It was like. Um, because of the stage of my life I was at where none of it mattered at all. I knew I wasn't going to see them probably again. It was it, like every experience was fun and great, even when it was sort of annoying and bad, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I have to say out of, I, I went on a date like almost every night for about three weeks. And out of that number, what? yeah. <laughs> what? And out of, out of that number, I would say like 12 of them I would have seen again if I had the option to. I had a good hit rate. J- <laughs> Jason, I think we've, Hit Jason, rate. I think we've Indeed. discovered. Did, we, yeah, we've discovered the real Meg the Stallion on this podcast, and I, I did, I did not realize what we were getting into. Wow! So you are <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I was, I was, I had, I have not had a chance to read your book, but I was reading some excerpts online, and you were describing a character who seemed to have some similarities with myself. You were talking about kind of. Uh, kind of like loser DJs who are very tall and maybe hide their, their <laughs> poor posture and you know long fingers and things like that and that's pretty much me to a T. Mm-hmm. So you know, d- is that a type that you have, and or is that just like a coincidence how that worked out? Uh, definitely. When I was in Dublin, I, I was attracted to a certain kind of like m- music guy who was sort of unhealthy looking and had long hair and seemed a bit unclean, you know. Um, <laughs> honestly hot yeah yeah that's classic hot guy yeah. stuff like <laughs> thank, thank god <laughs> yeah that's that i i'm into that too i yeah. mean that who isn't into that that that's an archetype there's a there's a key for every filthy lockout here isn't there mm-hmm. <laughs> but i but in the book you talk about i, I feel like I, and i know this is is somewhat based on your life correct yeah mm-hmm. yeah so but there's there's like a rocker type like an nme kind of guy correct yeah yeah are you talking about her her ex-boyfriend from when she was younger kind of thing yeah no i'm talking well that i'm talking about the 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 affair oh yeah no yeah 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 okay yeah 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 so is yeah i mean i think that to me speaks that's my type more you know what i mean kind of like a 
Like maybe he was the bass player in the Kooks, you know, in 2009. <laughs> like that's kind of what, you know what I mean? I feel, I feel like that's kind of, I think that's my type. I'm more, of, I'm more into DJ prob- guys. He's more into kind of rocker boys. And that's okay. maybe he's, he's you different. are like the thread that, that combines the two of those things for us. Sure. Yeah. Just me being slutty makes that thread happen. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, no one said the word slut in this podcast. We're obviously a pro slut sex podcast yeah, here, yeah, of yeah. course. Um, but I did. Going going on a date every night for three weeks is is impressive. It was pretty it was pretty insane behavior, I have to say, in retrospect. And, and when COVID happened, I was like, maybe it's a good thing that COVID is happening <laughs> because I would have tried to continue to do this for three months. I don't know if that was possible, you know. God intervened, but I feel like that is actually an interesting way to see New York. I feel like that's it like... was really good. Yeah, it was super good. I saw lots of like nice little bars that I never would have otherwise, I think. From an experience perspective, I feel like everybody's trying to like impress you so they're doing something interesting which you probably wouldn't have had access to, you know, otherwise just cuz Let of, me show you, know, you my people. New York, Megan. That's what these fellows exactly. would say, exactly. I, I assume. Exactly. And, and boy did they. And they all knew that I was leaving in 3 months and I was Irish and I was very wide-eyed about New York, so they had a good time, you know, showing me the little <laughs> the little spots. It was good. Did, does the accent work with fellows? Did the yeah. Americans really take to it? Um I mean, less than I would have liked, to be honest. But... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was like approaching me in the street, going like, oh, "Say that again." Are you Irish? Which I was very disappointed by. But um, that sound. Yeah, couple, what is that sound? <laughs> That's a yeah. I mean, I feel like it. Go, I feel like it would work because yeah. we don't. I don't hear a lot of that. We unfortunately hear a lot of Australians, which we obviously hate. Yeah. Um, and then and then we hear you know the. The odd British, you know, I was with a guy yesterday, my friend Dean, who has the most pleasant, like slow kind of British speaking voice that is just entrancing. Um, Mm -hmm. But I hadn't heard an accent that really took me like that in in a Mm. long time. Yeah, I had one nice um, exchange with the guy who uh, we had a date and (laughs) this is going to make me sound very bad. (laughs) But uh, I got I got on like one one of the mo- the more boring dates that I had there, and it, you know, lasted like ninety minutes, and it was boring and done then. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, I was you know on my way home and like swiping away, looking at Tinder, and then was chatting to some guy, and and he asked me what I was doing, and I said oh, I've just been on quite a boring date, and then he said, Do you want to go on a good date like right now? <laughs> So then, this is so sick. So then, this so, is so, so good. Then we went out, and then we had this quite fun time where he was like, "Show me, show me the Tinder profile of the guy that you just went out with who is boring." Oh, no. And then I did, and then he said, "You've got a fetish for Jewish guys because he perceived this man to be Jewish, and he was Jewish himself." And I said, "That's not very fair. You've only seen two people that I've gone on dates with." And he said, "No, no, don't worry. I've got a fetish for Irish girls, so it's fine." Oh, <laughs> fetish. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. This guy's this guy is a real slick talker, huh? Yeah, yeah. He had a lot of good ones. So now we know the real reason why you went to New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm. I need a break from my book. You know, I need. I understand. I need a. I need a break too. I need a break. I need a break too. And my break also involves a lot of Jewish men, but for different reasons. So I. I. I, under, I totally get your type. So Megan, totally after after this last year, you have. You know, there's COVID. There's a success. Has your outlook on these social interactions changed since you know, like the, the Megan from a couple years ago, maybe? I think like from living alone, I'm less tolerant of other people in general. And I'm a bit less uh, mm-hmm. willing to spend time with people who I'm not really, really crazy about maybe. So I think that's maybe I've, no- I've noticed in myself since things have started to open up a little bit. I'm, I'm less like open to spend to like wasting my precious time with people unless mm-hmm. I really think I'm going to get a lot of pleasure from it, you know. 
Yes. And that can be from a friend or a family or a penis. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not just I'm not talking about sex. I'm just talking about, you know, things that actually yeah. make your day a really good day. Chris and I were yeah. just talking about that on on our intro about how now that things are opening back up, I feel like I'm much more picky and choosy about the things that I do whereas before you know, if anyone said like, hey, do you want to go get dinner? I'm like, oh, dinner at a restaurant? That sounds amazing. Let's do it. And now I'm like, eh. I'm really into just staying at home and doing nothing. And I don't know if that's healthy or not. Speak for, your, speak for yourselves, guys. I was in New York all weekend fucking spreading with the homies. So you guys can you guys can be the you, you guys do all that you want and, and leave the socializing to a real fucking pro. OK, I mean, yeah, in fairness, the bars haven't reopened here yet. So I don't really know if that's going to bear out in reality. So we'll see. it's soon, though, right? It's soon. They open the outdoor stuff on next monday and then it's another like month or so until indoor things open so they're gonna be the pubs are gonna be absolutely rammed yeah i've got some bookings made you have to you have to book everything now which is a bit of a bummer i find but you know fun. yeah like to make a reservation to go drink at, oh wow yeah i kind of yeah. like that though you do why why do you like that I, I, I like to go to a place and know that i have a table i have a booth secured for my my friends and i and it, there's you've removed a lot of questions and mystery. I don't want to wait in line for anything. Megan, Megan, sorry, Jason comes from a nightlife background. Oh. He's used to a table bottle service oh, kind of situation. Okay, okay, okay. So I think I think this is making him feel warm and fuzzy because he thinks there's going to be a hottie with sparklers and a bottle of Svedka yes. coming his way. But the reality is it's going to be a a man with bad teeth spilling a pint onto your table. So it's not going to be. Don't get it's not the same experience. I have to make sure LA a few things, you know, the set and setting has been prepared for me before I ever hop in the the lift or Oh the sure. Uber. Yeah, the ambience, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I've worked too hard, you understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you seem like a you much like us. You're you're a night you're very experienced with nightlife. Would you would you agree? Um yeah, except for that I don't I'm really lazy about like clubs. I don't really do that anymore. Um but I go out a lot. I just like to eat and be be civilized. I don't like to go to clubs anymore. When you were when you were in the clubs raving and behaving, what kind of music mm. are we talking about? <laughs> well, um, so I mean, Waterford has a bizarrely inordinately popular techno scene for its size. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I was oh really yeah, it's like it's weirdly like when I was growing up, the dominant music of choice there. Um, so when I was really interesting. Growing up, uh, when I was about like 16, 17, I sort of inherited a lot of my older brother's friends when he went to college. And uh, so I ended up like partying with them and they had lots of really good techno nights. So even though it wasn't like my favorite music, I still ended up enjoying that and like being at that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then in, in Dublin, it was pure indie nights. It was indie nights only for about five years. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Some mm-hmm. Finally, some Chris Black visibility on this podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Just some skinny <laughs> jeans, some fucking hollow body guitars what kind of india because you're you're younger than us so these indie nights what, what like what kind of bands are we talking about um well i was thinking about this recently because i keep on hearing playlists when i'm in certain kinds of restaurants and shops that still has the same indie playlist as you know was on when i was 15 so i don't know like how mm-hmm. things progress really but back then it was let's like, go ahead let's go ahead and talk about the libertines oh we can yeah skip ahead. great i mean yeah so libertine let's go baby they were a big fave of mine when i was a when i was a teen and and later and, and but in in, in clubs it was like the, yeah 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 the strokes i mean it was it was just that really 
and you know, you know like that gossip song played every night five times a night and um yeah, yeah, yeah. but i was a big libertines fan you don't hear that in the club so much but but you know i was i was into it. that's that's because i unfortunately was not asked to dj <laughs> for many reasons but that's I probably you should have been there at the indie nights in dublin 2007 yeah <laughs> that's i what what um did you read meet me in the bathroom are you familiar with I that did, book actually yeah i did i did read that yeah i was about, i was gonna recommend it if you didn't because it really is like i lived through it a little bit mm. you know what i mean like i was here at the tail end but that's definitely our like generation so it's nice to yeah you know uh hear the younger people appreciate it but i mean I, I hearing that kind of music in a club setting is is to me very british like it's very mm. like that that was happening a little bit but not right jason like that wasn't as, as big of a thing here when i was doing i mean when i was djing that's all we did when we first started was just playing all that indie stuff and, and it worked out very really? well but we I, would mix mix it in with some other shit as well yeah i feel like we had like a, a like brit pop night but it mm. wasn't they weren't playing like franz ferdinand really mm. but i guess they were i was just on coke <laughs> Speaking of Megan, is it was good? <laughs> is alcohol the main drug of choice for you, or do you like to dabble around? I mean, during COVID, certainly I did not take many drugs, um, yeah. and I, I stopped drinking so much for quite a lot, lot of the last lockdown because I found it too depressing to drink on my own all the time. You know, sure. because, so I, I don't know if you guys like have the same sort of setup over there, but because I live alone, I was allowed to have a bubble, so I had like even during the worst lockdown where you couldn't do anything, I was still allowed to have like a bubble situation with some friends of mine. So I would have them around for drinks sometimes, but then they did dry January and mm. I felt too depressed to drink on my own when they did that. So I stopped drinking so much. Um, but yeah, so no, I haven't really taken drugs in, in any uh, memorable way for the last year. I don't think maybe uh, around that. Let's talk pre COVID Megan. Um, yeah we're, we're not yeah we don't yeah so we don't if you were the ketamine has been on the shelf behind me for the last year yeah just 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 <laughs> yeah. you know burning a hole in my pocket but beforehand you know so actually i was listening to lauren oiler's interview with you guys um earlier today and mm-hmm. you know as she says like about british people that like they start taking pills when they're really young that is that was the case in ireland as well so i i like started taking ecstasy relatively regularly when i was like 15 maybe mm-hmm. and you would do that at, at the, the famous techno nights that i told you about mm-hmm. um so that was the they go hand in hand typically typically yeah. those things do go hand in hand yeah it was that and then you, you would also <laughs> have um this drink that i don't think exists in america called book fast which is like fortified wine with a lot of caffeine in it <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar with book fast from a few different okay. djs um yeah it's like an infamous terrible beverage do you mix it with something you just hitting it raw you just drink it it's like it's i think it's like maybe like 15 16 but because it has so much caffeine in it it makes you feel really insane so that's a good one to give you a heart attack (laughs) it's kind of like a homeless man's red bull and vodka yeah that's that's it yeah Um, although it did become like too expensive for me to buy at some point so i don't know what happened there but (laughs) (laughs) a well-to-do transients yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. um but yeah so when i was a teenager it was only ecstasy there was never anything else in my life for quite a long time there was not any really uh it wasn't nobody did cocaine that i knew until i moved to london really and then for me i i get i get like horrifically bad depression after i do ecstasy now so i can't really do it anymore um and then for that reason at some point i was like oh maybe i'll try to take some cocaine because maybe that won't make me so depressed I like where I like where your head's at, Megan. A doctor, not the first I mean, person I mean, to try I mean, that strategy. To do that, actually, and, uh... <laughs> I like the journey that you're on. I love this journey that you're on. 
um so I did that for a bit but I never I never buy it I just take it from my friends so you know <laughs> I don't buy it um, sweetie I don't have yeah. a problem I would never buy yeah. it I would never buy it no 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 I mean I've, I've like given someone 20 quid when they've given me a line sometimes but mm-hmm. I don't know uh, I don't I don't seek it out but I, I'm not averse to it it's not like a big part of my life anyway yeah sure 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 how do you um how how do you handle alcohol hangovers like you said you get super depressed from from ecstasy come down what about with alcohol um i have to be way more careful these days i was i was sort of fine you know as as most people are until they're like 26 27 and then mm-hmm. after that i got a bit debilitating if i properly went out i, I just couldn't work the next day and because i was freelance you know it was kind of fine to be that way if you work in a nine-to-five job and it, and it, it was fine when i did have that situation you could just sit there and like email articles to yourself and pretend to be working and that kind of thing but when you actually have to like produce something for money every day if you're like hard up and freelancing mm-hmm. you can't really take a lot of time where you're not able to do that mm-hmm. so yeah I mean I guess I only drink now when I only drink like more than two drinks say if I if I know I have a couple of days off afterwards um like I said I didn't read the book but I did read some excerpts and it, it did seem like you were kind of talking about maybe some of the positive sides of being hungover. Mm-hmm. you know kind of that little days that you're in where the you know as long as you have some water to drink that's kind of the only problem you've got to solve yeah do you do you do you still kind of enjoy that positive part about being a homer because i've always yeah. i've always liked that as well yeah i do which but... i think is a bad sign okay yeah yeah same um <laughs> it's a terrible sign <laughs> <laughs> well it's either it's either a bad sign it's like a way to justify your your crippling alcoholism or drinking problem yeah or you've just simply found a smart way to gamify a bad situation you know yeah, I think I think for me it's m- more so the gamifying now in that like because I don't ever, well, very rarely have a hangover when I actually need to do anything. Mm-hmm. I can and I can like luxuriate in the hangover, and it's like a day where I don't feel any guilt about eating certain things or like not exercising and not working and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I enjoy it for that reason. Slippery slope, but as do I. Mm-hmm. Because I don't drink and I haven't in a while, I sometimes, though, feel if I stay up late, I feel hungover in the same. And it gives me that same sensation. That's just aging. Like, You're just aging. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. Don't tell me. I know that. Okay. Don't come on my show and tell me I'm old. Okay. We'll talk about your little book in a second. All right. Now just need to f- Meg, fire and shot. You, have you received or read any bad reviews about your book? I have, yes, yes. How does it affect you? Um, I mean, not great. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> well, um, I mean, are you, are you of the mindset of, you know, do you, does your publisher or manager or whoever tell you, like, don't look at that stuff? Or are you fixated on, on reading negative comments about your work? Are you able to handle it okay? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm, like, devastated in any sort of permanent way by them. But at the, at the beginning of the whole process, the publicist asked me if I wanted to be sent them in general like she didn't specify yeah. whether positive or negative and I said yes if it's in a major newspaper or whatever I don't, you know I don't need to see someone's blog dare I say but um <laughs> <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. kidding blog yeah. we don't need a community but... college write up or yeah something. <laughs> yeah I'm all good if it doesn't have times in the name I don't need to see yeah, the review yeah, yeah. okay but yeah like anything anything like that I, I said yes yeah, send it to me and you know it would be a bit um it would be a bit silly of me to ask them to only send positive things in that case. So I do read them all. Um, I've, I think there's, there's only been two that sort of like hurt my feelings. And one of them was something I disagreed with. And one of them was something I 
thought was a smart and correct criticism, which hurt more, obviously. Mm-hmm. Worse, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know any of these people personally, or is it pretty? Is it pretty separate? No, I, I again, like I, I really don't know any novelists or like proper yeah, li- yeah, literary yeah. people. I don't really do not do not care to, and uh, so I'm gonna <laughs> gonna keep out of that. But no, there are people who I would sort of know who they are a little bit, but but um, yeah, I don't have yeah. any social bond with them. Um, the, yeah, the one that like hurt my feelings, I was already having a really bad day, and I think that's just why it sort of hit badly. Um, and then the next day, I was fine. So yeah, I think I think I'm relatively okay with it. Yeah, it seems like because we'll we'll re- read reviews of our podcast, and they're almost always good, but every once in a while you'll get a negative one. And for me, I'm able to look at it and be like, okay, if they did. If they were correct about their criticism, then I can work on that and apply it to the future episodes. But yeah. after after you've written the book, the book is done. So yeah, yeah, exactly. That seems a little frustrating because you can't really go back and exactly and course correct. Yeah, and I I don't have any aspirations to write like a very similar book to this. So it's not as though I can like put it into the next book because that's going to be totally different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it does it does feel a bit like oh you're right and it is that thing is bad, but <laughs> you know fuck me I guess you know I don't know what to <laughs> do about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you? So I mean, this this you know like i said i read the book last week and it's it's uh i'm sure this did your parents the people that are close in your life like know what was coming or or, or was this like a a little bit of a surprise because some of the contents could ruffle f- certain feathers <laughs> yeah um yeah i i sort of mm, yeah i warned my parents and um <laughs> i kind of you know you, you know obviously if, if you had like, your ideal world they would never read it and they would just like think you're a genius that having to read it somehow but um perfect yeah <laughs> perfect I, I that's the dream situation <laughs> but yeah i think like, i i told my dad my, cause my my dad is a writer as well so like he, he was sort of like hearing me um figure out certain things about it as i was writing it so that was yeah. actually a little bit less difficult because the, the like um delineation between reality and fiction was clearer for him because he had heard me like puzzle out some stuff that genuinely had never happened to me whereas with my mom yeah. she like got this book that you know the narrator shares many almost maybe probably all of the major like biographical characteristics with me and so it's harder for her to like know what is true and what isn't whereas at least my dad having seen the process knew that it wasn't 100 percent true obviously i mean are these are are now are the the males th- those are are those loosely based on real people or is that even more accurate no no the boy i mean kieran the boyfriend is like yeah definitely like a Certain traits of his are drawn from ex boyfriends of mine. Yeah, like two in particular. Because Kieran, let me. Kieran sounds pretty hot. I get it. He's so hot. I was wondering yeah. if he was. But but no. <laughs> I was wondering if he was a r- real guy. He's not one real guy, <laughs> but he's like a couple of real guys and and like some traits I've noticed in in like friends boyfriends. Very unfairly of me, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just like I mean, you know, it's obviously like a bit of a mixed bag of crap you've noticed for, sure. for a while. But yeah, there's definitely like. A couple of real partners who justifiably could be like, "Why did you do that?" You know. <laughs> uh, well, that's what I was going to ask. Has anybody banged your line and been like, "So I read your little book, and um, I noticed some characteristics about a certain character that remind me a lot of myself." Um, no, actually, I had quite a good uh, hashing out of this with 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 one of my exes, who is the one who I think like who justifiably could be a bit pissed off with me because he's yeah. the only person that I've I've lived with, and obviously the character lives with Kieran um and so we had like a horrible breakup but in the years in between he moved he's he he moved back to where he's from and then we had like enough separation that we could kind of be civil to each other again 
and he he's a writer and he like is quite good about me being an asshole about this stuff basically and you know even if he disagrees he kind of thinks and lets you know is, is, is not too is not too precious about it and says like do what you want and it's not you know it's not my business anymore basically megan's gonna megan damn yeah exactly yeah exactly, yeah exactly you got it all <laughs> i mean i think that is i think though like you're saying with your with your dad and with him if they're both writers i think they probably understand the process a little bit more and, and probably yeah, yeah. in their own have done the similar you know pull from their own lives as well it's impossible not to really yeah so yeah. I, I i think they probably understand it more than a layman would you know mm-hmm. i had quite a funny conversation with a friend of mine who um he he featured in someone's novel once and I think it wasn't the most flattering portrayal and uh I asked him if he minded because I was thinking about that question about my own what boy like ex-boyfriends and work or whatever and he was like no what are you talking about obviously it rules to be in someone's novel I thought they bothered to think about you for more than five minutes is great you know <laughs> I mean no I mean I I think there is probably some truth to that yeah when the re- when the reviews are positive and people are like oh my god this is great it's like oh yeah that's about me you know what I mean <laughs> That's uh that that makes that makes more sense when it's received well you know that makes yeah. more sense when it's received. Megan, well. did you remove yourself from Twitter recently? Yeah, I, I do I, I do it all the time. I just go off for like a couple of weeks at a time, you know. Okay, and when you go off, that means you you temporarily deactivate the account. Exactly, and then I just come back before the thirty days have elapsed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you do? So could what do you, you do? You what are you doing? The process here, because I I find that to be very interesting. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if I just if I say to myself, oh, I'm going to take a Twitter break and just not look at Twitter, I won't keep to that because I'm so addicted to it. Mm -hmm. So I am incapable of leaving it in that way. So I had to do the more substantial way in order to, like, make sure I don't go in and out of it. Um, And I guess especially with the book stuff, I if I'm like in a vulnerable place, I will, you know, be more likely to like try and search out stuff about the book and see what people are saying about it and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's just like a little couple of weeks off. I, I can feel I can feel like when I start to hate myself on Twitter, I need to look, you know, I need to do that for a couple of weeks. That's very healthy. I mean, so you, you know yourself and you've dealt with that over the years and you know that's the best way to... Yeah, I mean, I've been on Twitter since 2009. It's like a crazy long time that I've been there now. And um, I can like feel sometimes like the old bad habits of when I used it in a very intemperate way where I would just like, you know, slag off people that didn't necessarily need to be slagged off and like mm-hmm. gang personal about other fucking journalists or whatever it is and I, I can like feel myself either actually doing that or like getting ready to do that and I know I need to step away for a bit I'm proud of your growth <laughs> thank you so much yeah me too that that I, I couldn't do it I I couldn't there's no way I could separate myself I would lose my fucking mind <laughs> I, I can't I, I can't even I can't even begin to think about doing that so when somebody says that I'm always very impressed no, the more impressive thing is to have it and not and use it like once every three weeks or something. That's what I find very classy is when people actually have it active but use it very sparingly. The post and ghost. Jason, you're kind of like that. You yeah. use it. I mean, now obviously we both use it to to talk about the show and the the stuff associated with the show. But mm-hmm. Jason's more of a. He comes in once every two weeks, drops a a classic joke, and then returns to the lab. Um, mm. and I'm, je- I'm, I'm jealous cause I'm a daily driver, yeah. but I, I can, I can relate to that. What you're talking about, Megan, because a lot of times I'll notice myself, like I'll see somebody tweet something at me or just something in general. And I'll, my, my thought process for the next hour will be like, how can I craft the perfect reply to this? <laughs> and then an hour will go by and like, it, none of this matters. I don't know this person. Yeah. And it's, it's just a distraction for my, you know, whatever things I have to do with my own life. And maybe I should, maybe I should do a little deactivation, see how that feels. Yeah. I think you're right. Because I feel like, um, like when someone dislikes me on Twitter, 
and and you can you can like feel how rational this is but you want to like argue with them and be like no like me actually and mm-hmm. like convince them to like you you're the one who's and, wrong <laughs> yeah exactly and like it's not someone like making up necessarily like making up a lie about you it's someone being like i find that person annoying and i want to argue with that which is not a doable action so yeah yeah but you know but you, you see some people who have made careers off of arguing with people on twitter and that's you know a form of entertainment <coughs> that uh that people will will follow <laughs> and tune into which i guess you know is a little dark chris may have <laughs> may fall into that category, sure. No, I, I think that somebody told me uh, a long time ago that the key to being successful on Twitter and being funny is just don't punch down. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's good advice. It's like if you're making fun of celebrities and things that are almost innocuous, then you will succeed. Once you start getting into in, into things that that feel just like genuinely mean, mm-hmm. that's just not gonna that's not gonna end well. Taking which a cheap I, I shot at the handicapped or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, but I think the political sphere. I think the political sphere in America this year changed all of this for in a different way. I think it became more divisive than it's ever been. Don't you think it's a bit hard though? Like once you get to a certain stage, to, to totally know what is punching up and down and like who's a legitimate target if you're also a successful media person or whatever. It's a good point. Yeah, I think I think it's also being able to parse parse out like who can take it and who can't mm. you, you know what i mean it's a little bit like it's a little bit like that like some people want to go tit for tat and they think it's funny and they understand the game and they know this isn't serious but there are other people who just don't understand that or they don't operate that way or they don't look at the the, the format in the same way that that you do or i, I do in this case yeah um mm-hmm. but i mean I, I i think that like yeah i mean it's just so fun <laughs> Yeah, but you know when you have when you see two people you know quote unquote sparring on Twitter and having a, a, a fun little battle, it is also really really entertaining to see somebody lose their cool and throw you know a big uppercut in that spar and totally you know for the whole world to see that's you know we we want to tune into that car accident sometimes yeah I yeah and I think that I've actually my my group chat Megan they mm. talk me off of doing stuff like that pretty I mean it, you know good. not all the time I'm, yeah. I'm much more calm calm now than I was but like I, I think that I've learned to use it in a way where people don't come at me in the same way they did maybe three or four years ago even though we have this show and we're on it more and there's something to talk about. Mm. Um, maybe that's better. Maybe having something to talk about versus just being like Chrissy Teigen sucks is going to end better for me. You know? That's, well, that worked out pretty well for you though in the end. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess it's fine. Yeah. Now. You know, I, some you do, people you, use, use the pen and the pad to blow off a little steam. Chris uses this podcast. So his tweets aren't as, as terrible, I guess. We all have our own method. Yeah, I think the podcast has saved me from myself as far as tweets go. I, mm-hmm. I do think there's some truth to that. Uh, this is it. Do you listen to podcasts, Megan? I do. Yeah, I um, I mean, I get into a rut with them, so I tend to like listen to one all the way through. That you know, if I find one that's been going on for a couple of years, I'll listen to all of it at once. But yeah, I listen to them quite a lot when I, you know, have everyone. Well, I keep I keep on sort of getting confused about whether you guys are having the same experiences as, as us in the UK, but like. For quite a long time, you could just go for your hour-long walk every day, and that was all you were allowed to do here for about three months. So, look, let me let me, can, I, can I quickly just want to explain something to you about America, just just quickly. Freedom, okay. Just yeah, quickly, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're look. I, I don't. You can't see me, but I'm saluting you right now, and there's a flag waving behind me on this background. Yeah. No, we we didn't. Yeah, the there was no there were no the rules here at all. Frames on walking. That may yeah. that was merely a, a small suggestion by our our city council people, but 
right. nothing like that was ever enforced. There's no like, okay. yeah, yeah. You can go walk around yeah. for as long as you want. You can, you know, even <laughs> yeah. if they say you're not a, like the, the police aren't going to knock on your door. If you have a couple of friends over for dinner, it's just, sure. you know, it's, in, it's impossible to in, enforce. Any it's, of too, it's too big. Your country is too large and that's what's wrong with it. Really. Just We've too got big. too many cunts over here to even begin. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's not our problem. Our problem is that we uh, refuse to listen to anyone that we don't agree with, whether they're in charge or not. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the number one American, American value. Yeah. I do enjoy that value. <laughs> I enjoy that value as well. Unfortunately it is, it is, but I mean, we're, we're feeling, it's feeling pretty good over here right, right now the vaccine thing is actually is working so yeah. people are i've seen people are out and about like happy outside like yeah. the, the mood has lifted but i mean england i know you guys have it's been up and down yeah so it's just starting to get back to like seeing people happy outside again now but there was like three months and especially because i live alone it was really bleak that you weren't allowed to see anyone and you could only have this one hour a day where you're allowed to walk outside or no actually yeah it was an hour a day for, for, two, for three months Oof. um so I would go that's on this- literally like that's literally called jail. I know. Like, that's I, kept on, jail I kept on thinking about this like particular park that I walked through. I was like, this is just a prison yard. It's just an enormous prison mm-hmm. yard that I'm walking through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, on, on that daily walk, <laughs> I found it very crucial to have a podcast that I was like engaged with. And um, I really like to listen to Dead Eyes. That got me through a bad, bad couple of weeks in february i don't know dead eyes, dead eyes yeah is, i don't either what is, is that, that show about it there's a comedian com- i don't know if you call him a comedian or a comic actor called connor ratliff and he w- auditioned for um what's the tom hanks show the band of brothers mm-hmm. and then he yeah. got the part and then was rejected subsequently because tom hanks said that in his tape he had dead eyes so he like <sighs> makes this podcast about that happening to him and like trying to like get in touch with all of the characters involved ultimately hopefully tom hanks himself but yeah it's a great show that's cool Wait, is that that's not like a bbc thing that's like a regular he's podcast. an american man i'm surprised you don't know him to be honest oh he is okay <laughs> I've, I've heard the name but it's a great idea for a show i like that. i heard the name but it also sounds like a fake name uh, to me a little bit it sounds like that's a name he definitely gave himself when he moved to hollywood I don't, I, one of those names is not yes, one of those names is not his name, given yeah. It, it's it's too good. Also, also the world needs people who have dead eyes. As a member of the dead sure. eye community. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we are strong. I mean, why couldn't a man be serving in a war who has dead eyes? Surely that makes lots of sense, really. You know? I think it makes a lot of sense, but unfortunately this isn't a real war, this is a Hollywood war. Really? So we need you to be hot and have beautiful eyes while you're killing the enemy. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good one. I'm trying to think if I if I care about any other podcasts. I, it's hard in this climate with all the podcasts. <laughs> you know stuff going on have you done have you done have you done a lot of podcasts to promote the book she's done a lot of podcasts i listened to a few but it's usually it's usually like very very literary discussion type of podcast it seemed like oh so you've never you've only done like nerd shit you never come on a cool podcast (laughs) like this you've only done nerd shit i've never spoken to two american bros before in my life so yeah (laughs) it's a real treat i believe that that is is a lie lie. that is a lie never spoken to american bros with a microphone in front of you yeah um but yeah i've I've done a couple i haven't um I, i find i find like uh interviews a little bit stressful and hard so i haven't like really thrived in a lot of the podcasts i feel like sometimes if they if they ask me something a bit intrusive or personal it totally throws me off my guard and i and i end up making a total mess of it but um yeah it's been okay i know the the book i feel like i saw it a lot and i heard about it a lot but maybe that's because i was tapped in with you and like paying attention but was there 
was there a piece of press that you felt really captured everything? Like really, like they understood you and it was in a big place and you were really proud of it? Like, did you, did that happen? Yeah, there was a, there's a couple of really, I mean, there was actually loads of really great things, but um, the one that I really liked recently was this, uh, Philippa Snow wrote, wrote one in the New Republic and that kind of um, was the, was the best one for me. And um, there was another in the LA Times uh, just before it came out that was, that was also really um, considered. LA, LA Times or LA Review, LA Review Books or LA Times? LA Times. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You know, the Los Angeles, no offense, Jason, they're not really known for like reading. So I was just making <laughs> sure, you know, the, 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 they're not really known. That's, oh, come on. that's not really their thing over there. They're, you know, they're hot though. They're very good looking, but they're yeah. not smart. You tune into yeah. the weather so mostly make... as it pertains to... <laughs> As to the news. You, you know how so so like here when there's a nice day everyone goes insane and like takes their clothes off and drinks all day mm-hmm. but like <laughs> when when i had that experience the other day for the first time this year because there was a, like a kind of freakishly nice day mm-hmm. and i felt so happy in a way that i hadn't in months like do you just feel happy all the time because it's nice all the time that's right yeah when it's yeah, like okay, that you're just you're just riding <laughs> high every day you you end up taking it for granted definitely Come on down to California one day. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Bring the sunscreen. Come to Cal. I, well, I I love London. It's the only city I want to I want to live in besides New York or L.A. But the weather, I just can't imagine. I need like I, I just can't live like that. Like I just can't. It's, it, no. it would make me. I think it would depress me. My plan ideally is to spend six months of the year in London, the nicer six months, and then to live in Athens in Greece for the other six months. I know Athens is in the book. I actually went there uh, last summer, and I or no summer before last. I fucking love it there. Yeah. I totally get it. It feels like we. Jason, I've talked. Jason's been there as well. I think right, Jason. I DJ there. It was a. It was. I went there during some tumultuous times there are definitely like yeah. buildings on fire and shit when i was there yeah it feels it feels like dangerous in like a sexy way kind of <laughs> i i can't explain it yeah. like i like love the way it feels and the way it looks and i have a couple friends there that showed me you know showed us around and mm. like i just feel like people always go to the islands or the coast yeah. but i think athens is like a necessary stop what do you what do you love about it the feta <laughs> I'm not even a big fan, you know. I mean, like, take it or leave it. Truly, um, no. I think there's like a really good attitude to work there. I find like people don't really like live to work there in the way that they do in London and New York and other places that I might potentially live. Um, and I appreciate that. I don't like to work. I would work as little as possible for the rest of my life if I could Let's financially. Go. Let's go park life, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Park life, truly park life. <laughs> You and Jason, yeah, yeah. you and Jason have a lot in common. I'm gl- I'm glad that you guys met. Yeah, aside aside from the book deals, we are pretty much identical people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Besides the respect from the literary community, I see a lot of similarities here. I see a lot of similarities. Well, you know, speaking of that, has your has your book been optioned for a film or television show yet? Um, I actually can't talk about that. Can't talk about that. Take that as a maybe. Okay, well, if it were to be, hypothetically speaking, dream scenario, it gets optioned for film or television. Yeah. Do you already have any musical cues or songs picked out in your head? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've got, well, there was a couple of really cringe, when, in the first draft of it, there was a couple of really cringe references to songs. There still is one, one cringe reference to, to a Bob Dylan song in it, mm-hmm. but I left that in. I, I had to eliminate like three others while I was trying to make it into an actually good book, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I can recommend 
recommend a song, but I don't know if you heard this band Oasis. They have a song called <laughs> Wonderwall that I feel like <laughs> yeah. could work pretty well, pretty well in there. So just something to think about. Also, another yeah. cheap one to get on there. Should be <laughs> yeah, it's cheap. Yeah, that was super affordable. Well, I mean, do you have? Do, are there are there people you've dreamed of? Actor wise, too, like who's oh, playing who, you know, in oh. your dream world. Um, Adam Driver, maybe. <laughs> oh no, Adam, Adam, no. yeah, Adam Driver is definitely, yeah, Kieran is Adam Driver, one hundred percent. Not, you're not a Driver fan. Oh God, I love him so much, but no, he would not be Kieran. Oh okay, Kieran is like why not? Because Kieran's like got like translucent, pale Danish skin, and he's blonde, and he's very delicate. And Adam Driver is like you know a solid tree trunk hey, guy. Look. He's a solid man, isn't he? Hollywood, look, he could take a punch. Adam Driver for the for the right price, Megan. Adam Driver could transform for you. He could do this. He could he could go full Christian Bale, lose a hundred pounds. We dye his hair. It's no problem. Yeah, I don't know what we could do about that nose, unfortunately, but otherwise we could figure. Okay, it well, out. if you had if you had to if you had to pair Kieran with an with an actual actor, do you have one in mind? Uh, Just to paint the picture for us readers out there. Sure. Do I have? I mean, I don't have one in mind. I'll be totally honest. Um, That's fine. I'm trying to think. What, a, what about Alexander Skarsgård? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't adopting it into a movie in my head as I went along. That was my mistake. <laughs> that's your, yeah, that, you're not. See, that's why I know you and Jason are like, you're not about your money. See, that's what I would have been thinking the whole time. <laughs> Where can I work Brad Pitt into the money, this? Once you go down the true path, Chris, the money comes to you. You don't have to seek it out. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Um, I understand. As, as yeah, Alexander Skarsgård. If he was uh, again, I feel like he's too hunky. He's, he's like too broad, and you know, I think I feel like Kieran to me is quite a, a yeah. slender if, man. If, if, if a Skarsgård yeah. could be given some type of ailment that makes his bones exactly. more brittle, that would be exactly. nice. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds Some like type of autoimmune disease. Yeah. I'm not trying to. I, I would hate to lose my partner, but it sounds, Jason. Honestly, I, it sounds like it could be you. <laughs> I can show you some photos of me when I was 23. I had long hair. It's all there. Well, you know, Kieran, Kieran is thirty in the book, so it's not not such a stretch. All right. So unfortunately, unfortunately, Megan, Jason's actually forty. We're move and he on. Looks 43. We're move yeah. on from this. But he, <laughs> but he. But he's he is six foot nine. Wow. He's very very thin. He's very thin, and he 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 is he does have a little Latin X blood in him, which he loves to talk about. But mm. I think I think if he went to Dublin for a little while, the the he'd LA tan would fade. Yeah. It, yeah, he'd pale out. Yeah, he'd pale out real quick. And he paling out. And he, he and he loves a pint. He loves a pint. So just something I want you. To, and he's much cheaper. I would be negotiating yeah. with you. So it'd be much cheaper than like a Hollywood actor. You know. I'm fine. What with do you that. think? What do you think, Jason? I'm good with it. Yeah, See? let's do it. I take this. Okay, as a- we convinced Megan. Now we just have to convince Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our first. Well, luckily we're there. You know, we're in Hollywood. We can speak for Megan. I mean, she's obviously comfortable with us, kind of representing yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you you take the meeting. For some of the bigger meetings, we can zoom you in, but yeah, we'll handle most of it on, kind of on our own. I'm good. I'm kind of dumb with Zoom. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. You can take it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm really sick of this. Actually, you guys want to run with it? By all means, God. <laughs> bless like god bless you're lucky i agreed to do this podcast at all so well congrats on not getting your book optioned for a film or television program <laughs> Thank you. maybe we can get it turned into a podcast you know strike one strike two see what happens i mean i did try and listen to the audio book recently which was a very strange experience who read it did you no i didn't no no okay. um 
I could I, I smoke so like I would have run out of breath every two minutes or so so that would have <laughs> not been a fun way to listen Damn. Talking, I, uh, I knew you were I knew you were cool I knew you were cool Megan uh what <laughs> do you smoke the... indoors do you smoke in the flat or no uh in the flat when I'm really pissed but otherwise no pissed as an angry or as in drunk really drunk <laughs> got it really drunk you have to yeah. kind of specify over here across the pond of course sorry we have a, we have an American our, our listenership is heavily American so I we wanted of course, to of course. and this is I mean you probably don't know this but this is an Anglophile podcast so Jason and I are very up on the slang but some of our <laughs> listeners are just not quite not quite as plugged in I as actually I have that I have that problem with um an Irish term that when I use it here it means drunk so in, in Ireland if you say oh I feel wrecked it means you feel tired whereas here they, they think it means very drunk oh. so sometimes I've been like oh I was so wrecked yesterday and someone would be like what, what? why are you, are you okay because yeah, you were in work yesterday wreck, so. in America wrecked <laughs> could go either way depending on what set, yeah. setting you use it in but yeah I've always loved pissed that's a great one pissed is a good one it's yeah. really good really descriptive really descriptive but yeah also because because I, i've got this kitten now I, I don't like to smoke inside so much because I, i'm afraid of killing the kitten with cigarette smoke <laughs> or at, or at the very least giving it cancer yeah 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 she doesn't what, what's your cat's name what's my last name your cat's name my cat. <laughs> megan Don't nolan wait. what's your last name <laughs> Your last name's literally on our screen right now, but thank you, thank you for, thank you for asking. <laughs> um, my cat's name is Miso. Ooh. Okay. 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 I didn't know you. I, I didn't know you were a foodie, Megan. You have a taste for the flavors of Japan. Well, I'll tell you what it was. I was, I was actually eating some miso soup when, when I uh, decided to get a kitten, and then also I just like I favor, I favor a two-syllable pet name. I like, you know, it's better for calling and. And all that kind of thing. So. Miso, yeah. uni, yeah, things mm-hmm. like mochi. Yeah, that would be a great name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do not encourage him. No, that is not a good name. <laughs> Those would not be great names. Oh, come on, you guys are you, you, you guys are fucking losers. Mochi. Like, come on, no, no, if you if you go over to a guy's house and he has a pomeranian named Mochi, run. <laughs> Nothing good is going to come of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly... He's, you're going to wake up missing a kidney. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. I don't think it's a great name. I don't think it's a great name. Mochi doesn't like the smoke. But I'm glad I'm glad that you're more worried about your cat's health than your own. That That is also true growth. Like a true Irishman. Oh, what yeah. kind of cigs are we blasting, Megan? I roll my own, you know, Amberleaf, tobacco, and, mm. and a filter. Don't worry, I've got the filter in. Um, but I, 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 don't, I hate straight cigarettes. Um, I mean, obviously, as a kid, when I started smoking, I started with straights, but, but I, I don't like them now. Can you do it one-handed, though? Allie G style. Can I, can I roll one-handed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've ever tried to, but yeah, I want to say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say yes. I would say yes. I haven't done it before, but I would say yes. It that feels I like it that's would. That's the confidence yeah. of a smoker. <laughs> Yeah, that's the confidence. Exactly. A confidence of a smoker. If I needed a cigarette, yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, gun to my head. You know, if if you were, you know, that movie, 27 hours where his hand is stuck in a rock. Yeah. You got your other free hand open. (laughs) You can make it happen. You're having a good time then. You're barely in pain at all. I mean, you need to relax. Exactly. You, having something to focus on takes the pain away, I think, is what is what happens in that oh. situation. And this is why we read, guys. <laughs> I love reading, Jason. I love reading. Um, Megan, it was a true pleasure uh, to have you on the podcast today. Um, I, I, All joking aside, I love the book. It's beautiful. I'm, I'm really Thank happy you. that it exists, and I'm really glad that I was able to read it before I spoke to you. Um, you guys, uh, if you can read and you're listening to this podcast, I highly recommend uh <laughs> 
purchasing uh Megan's- if you can't read listen to the audiobook <laughs> exactly if you can't read hit audible um but but it's it's in stores it's it's in stores globally everywhere now correct megan that's right. Yeah, yeah. If you're a child, ask your mom or dad to read it to you. <laughs> exactly. It'd be great for that. It'd be great. As for long that. as you buy the book is basically what we're saying. Buy the yeah, book. Yeah, we don't and throw care what you do with it. Buy the book and burn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Use that shit as a motherfucking coaster. We don't care. Acts of desperation in stores now. Uh, Megan Nolan, thank you for joining us. Also, tell tell the people where they can find you on the World Wide Web if you're not uh, logged off right now. Oh. I guess you could go on Instagram. That's that's where I like to hang out. That really, it's nicer there. So um, yeah, it's just Megan Nolan. Oh no, wait! I've got it spelled all stupid. It's like um, <laughs> two two M's and two N's. So like Megan Nolan, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I like that a lot. Thank you for saying it like that. It yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I I could. Ne- I'll never Thank forget. Thank you for saying it like a Jewish robot. <laughs> it really yeah, it yeah, yeah. I really did. I'll never forget. Um, <laughs> All right, yeah, so you guys buy the book. Megan, it was a pleasure. <laughs> Thank um, you. Enjoy your evening, thanks. and we will talk to you soon. All right, thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Did you see the stylish kids in the riot? Shoveled up like monks at the night on fire. Wombles bleed, trunches and shields. You know I cherish you, my love. Spread nasty disease around town. You cut on the houses with your trousers down. Red rush, and in the bush, you know I cherish you, my love. Oh, I cherish you, my love. Tell me what can you want? Me? You've got it all. I've seen it.